Welcome to Business Brief, Missouri Business Alert's podcast focused on the business news and issues shaping the state. In this episode, we'll hear how small businesses are reacting to big changes on Twitter. Then, we'll take a look at how employers are impacted by marijuana legalization in the state. My name is Siggy Reese, and I'm joined by my co-host, Teddy Mallorca. Teddy, how are you doing this week? Siggy, I am doing well. We are, uh, we're on the countdown to Thanksgiving, and uh, that means it's the time of year for me to make my signature cranberry sauce. What's your, uh, what's your favorite dish of the Thanksgiving season? I got to go with uh, my family's roasted red potatoes. I have learned to make them myself, and I made them for a Friendsgiving I had a few days ago, so I'm excited to have them at home as well. Mmm, sounds fantastic. Are you ready to get into this week's headlines? Absolutely. Why don't you start us off? Let's do it. The Kansas City Royals are getting a new stadium. John Sherman, the CEO and chairman of the baseball team, confirmed the plans in a letter to fans Tuesday. Sherman says Kauffman Stadium has become hard to maintain, and with its current contract ending in 2030, he says it is more cost-effective to build a new stadium than to maintain the current one. The team envisions a $2 billion downtown stadium, which could be the largest development in Kansas City history. A federal appeals court in St. Louis indefinitely blocked President Biden's student debt relief plan on Monday. This comes after Missouri and five other Republican-led states challenged the plan, claiming that the Biden administration overruled legislative authority. The order will remain in place until overturned by either the St. Louis court or the Supreme Court. And Walmart offered to pay more than $3 billion Tuesday to settle lawsuits over its pharmacy's roles in the opioid crisis. The settlement follows similar payments from pharmacy giants CVS Health and Walgreens, which announced they would pay $5 billion each at the beginning of the month. Lee Enterprises, which owns newspapers including the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, is facing financial difficulty as its advertising sales decline. Recently, hedge fund Alden Global Capital stopped considering its purchase of the company due to increasing interests and a tough market. The hedge fund originally proposed to purchase Lee Enterprises for $24 a share, but the newspaper's chain stock stood at $18 per share as of Tuesday. It's unclear whether Alden will be back to purchase the chain. And finally, Sun Country Airlines is adding a dozen new destinations beginning this summer. That includes resuming routes to St. Louis Lambert International Airport and new routes to Kansas City International Airport. The low-cost air carrier will offer nonstop flights from Minneapolis-St. Paul International Airport. For our first story, we'll take a look at how some Missouri businesses and nonprofits that advertise on Twitter are responding to new guidelines. I'm joined by Missouri Business Alert reporter Sarah Rubenstein, who spoke to local businesses and experts about their next steps in social media promotion. Sarah, thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Teddy. So fill me in on what's been happening on Twitter recently. Of course. So ever since billionaire Elon Musk took over the platform last month, he's made a lot of changes. I'd say the biggest change he's made is allowing users to pay $8 a month for the blue verification checkmark, which previously was free. The product was paused last week after several fake accounts with blue check marks emerged. It's causing some businesses to question their use of Twitter. Okay, so why exactly are they questioning Twitter? Well, many are worried about how free speech will be monitored on the app going forward, as well as the spread of misinformation. For instance, over the weekend, pharmaceutical giant Eli Lilly was impersonated by a fake account that tweeted that insulin was free. This caused the company to lose billions after its stocks dropped. Obviously, this will work differently for small businesses in Missouri. 
but they will definitely start to pay attention. Interesting. That makes sense. So how are Missouri businesses responding to these new guidelines? This move is causing some Missouri businesses to reevaluate the importance of continuing to use Twitter to promote business. Some are removing advertisements from the platform and others are leaving altogether. I spoke with Rebecca Dorman, who's a senior lecturer for management communication at Washington University. And she told me that businesses will need to review the data for their performance on Twitter and decide what is best for them. There are large changes in organizations. It creates uncertainty and there's a lot of changes in the discourse around how people are talking about Twitter. And so brands are wise to sort of keep an ear to the ground. Got it. And have you heard from businesses that have actually made the decision to leave? Yeah. Recently, I spoke with Spectrum Healthcare, which is a nonprofit medical clinic in Columbia. It made the decision to leave Twitter earlier this week because of rising misinformation online that inhibited its services. Spectrum Executive Director Cale Mitchell told me that it wasn't just the new guidelines that caused the nonprofit to leave. He's been watching medical misinformation spread on Twitter since the start of COVID. This was kind of the final straw um, with Twitter. Um, as a not-for-profit and as a um, organization that exists in the healthcare landscape, the it is vital that we have verifiable scientific information that is shared and is reliable. And on any platform where that reliability um, is put in jeopardy and misinformation is so rampant, that is not a safe space for us to operate in. Wow. And are they worried about losing out on reaching people? Actually, no. Mitchell said that he did not see a lot of engagement on Twitter to begin with, which is exactly what Dorman recommended for businesses to review in the first place. She says that Twitter is not a one-size-fits-all model for businesses, and it really depends on what a business is getting from the platform in the first place. Every brand has to look at the audience that they're trying to reach and the platform that the social media channel gives them, just like any channel. And the extent to which their advertising dollars on that platform allows them to reach the audience that they're trying to reach. Well, that makes sense. So tell me, what will the future of social media advertising on Twitter look like? From what I've learned, businesses will need to make the decision to leave or stay on Twitter, depending on how it serves them. Twitter could adapt new guidelines to combat account impersonations to make the platform more comfortable for businesses, according to Dorman. And Spectrum told me that they did not fully delete their account and plan to come back to it if misinformation issues are fixed. So the future looks a little uncertain for businesses. Well, I'm interested to see how it all plays out. Thanks so much for talking with me, Sarah. Thanks for having me, Teddy. For our next story, we'll take a look at how marijuana legalization will impact employers in Missouri. Interesting. So what are businesses doing to prepare? Well, human resource consultants suggest that businesses should review their current drug screening and usage policies to make sure they're up to date as the amendment that legalizes cannabis goes into effect over the next few weeks. Got it. And what, what will that process look like? So that's what Missouri Business Alert journalist Skylar Rossi wanted to find out. She spoke to Tiffany Slater, the CEO of HR TaylorMade, a St. Louis area business that offers HR services to small businesses, about what companies should be doing to prepare. Here's part of the conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today, Tiffany. Um, so first, can you tell me about your business, um, what you do, and also your reach in Missouri? Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you for having me and trusting me <laughs> and my expertise with your um, 
your HR needs. So HR TaylorMade is uh, my company and we are the virtual human resources team for small businesses. And essentially we do everything that a small business needs for uh, human resources as it relates to the employee life cycle. So once the person is hired through termination, we do all of those things in between there. I also think it would be helpful to start with an understanding of when marijuana comes up in HR. How do Mm -hmm. businesses and HR professionals typically navigate marijuana? Um, What are things Mm -hmm. they have to consider? So it's it's just interesting in that it previously could keep an individual from being hired. It could cause a person to be fired. But now because it is legal, we have to kind of rethink our policies and how we um, hold people accountable for drug use. So that means that we have to review our employee handbook and review policies that specifically call out marijuana use. The other one is post-accident. So when someone gets hurt on their job, if you are an organization that actually sends people for drug testing and you hold them accountable for being under the influence while at work, it's there. It's still okay for you to have a policy that says you cannot be under the influence of alcohol or drugs, you know, while working. So I would say in instances like that, you want to make sure that you are treating marijuana like you're treating alcohol. The other thing we want to do is consider how we want people to show up for our organization and represent our organization. So if we go to a baseball game, is it okay for our team members to be on our clock smoking marijuana, either with other team members, with our clients or customers, or with our partners. So even if they go to an event with a client or with a partner on their dime, is it okay for them to smoke marijuana with them? As businesses are reviewing their policies and making these changes, what are some of the biggest challenges you foresee? Honestly, I think the biggest challenge is going to be the culture shift (laughs) because there's so many people um, that feel really, really strongly about marijuana use, recreational marijuana use, uh, one way or the other. And for the individuals that are strongly against it, now having to grapple with the fact that it is illegal, I think that that is going to be very challenging for them. So I really, I think it's easier than what we think it is, but I think it's just going to be more of an individual battle, quite frankly. Because from a policy perspective, if we think about it, we've already, we, we know how to handle this because Alcohol wasn't always legal. I mean, obviously in our lifetime, <laughs> it has been. But, you know, I mean, it, it, there's a way to deal with everything. I also wanted to ask you about uh, the conviction history side. What do HR departments have to consider there? Will that impact the process at all? It shouldn't impact the process as long as the HR professional is up to date on the law. Um, you know, and, and quite frankly, Anyone, and this is just my personal opinion, because <laughs> I've been doing HR for over 25 years and I've been looking at background checks for probably that long as well. 
you know, some of the things that we look at as being relevant for the job, uh, we might have to rethink that as we as we consider um, criminal convictions. For example, if I am a salesperson and I am working online, does it really matter that I was convicted of marijuana uh, usage or carrying marijuana? Does it really matter? How is that going to impact my ability to do the job effectively? Um, so it's just some things that we just have to that we just have to consider um, as we review background checks. Thank you. It was really nice to meet you. Thank you. It is now time for us to get into our words of the week. Teddy, what do you have for us this week? Siggy, this week my word is streaming. Okay, and what is streaming exactly? Well, that would be the 2022 FIFA Men's World Cup. The world's most popular sporting event kicks off this Sunday, with the host country Qatar facing off against Ecuador. Fox Sports and Telemundo will be televising the event in the United States, and both are paying a total of around $1 billion in rights fees to broadcast and stream the 2022 and 2018 World Cup. That's quite a big price tag. You mentioned this is the world's most popular sporting event. How many people will be tuning in to watch the games? Well, around 5 billion total viewers are expected to watch the World Cup this year, according to FIFA. You did some reporting this summer on the next World Cup, right, Teddy? Yes, I did indeed. The 2026 World Cup will be held in cities across the U.S., Canada, and Mexico, and Kansas City will host a few games. That's all I've got this week. What's your word, Siggy? My word this week is stuffing mix. Ah, just in time for Thanksgiving. Why'd you choose that? Well, if you're wanting to buy some stuffing mix for your Thanksgiving meal this year, it's going to cost more than previous years. The price for a 14-ounce bag of stuffing is up 69% from last year, costing around $3.88 per bag, according to the American Farm Bureau Federation. But stuffing isn't the only Thanksgiving dish to see rising prices. The Bureau reports the average Thanksgiving dinner for 10 people is around $64. Wow, that's that's expensive. Is this the case for other Thanksgiving dishes as well? So it looks like Thanksgiving turkeys will be over 20% more expensive this year, priced at nearly $2 per pound. Other holiday classics such as pie crusts, pumpkin pie mixes, and sweet potatoes will also cost more. The only Thanksgiving food the Bureau reported a decrease for is cranberries. Ah, just my luck. Are prices varying across the country? Yeah, actually. So here in the Midwest, the average price for a Thanksgiving meal for 10 is pretty close to the national average at around $64. However, in the Northeast, the average price jumps to around $71. So there's definitely a regional difference. For a closing thought, here's Tiffany Slater of HR TaylorMade again on what employers should expect as marijuana becomes legal in Missouri. No, I, well, I think it's definitely important that individual business owners take a really, really hard look at their policies. It's so important that we are familiar with them and that they are up to date and don't assume that pulling a policy offline is going to work perfectly for your organization. So you need to work with an employment attorney, not just any attorney, Um, And you also, if you don't have an employment attorney, then work with an HR person or both. It's really important that the the policies and the procedures that you use for your organization truly protect you and your team. Well, that is all for this week. Thank you to the M33 Project for providing music for this episode. 
For my co-hosts, Teddy Mallorca, editors Cole Miller, Katie Quinn, Skylar Rossi, and Michael Stacy. I'm Siggy Reese, and this has been Business Brief. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.